1: Here's your conservative, but not bitter host, Todd Huff.
0: That is right. You are listening to the home of conservative, not bitter talk. I am your host, Todd Huff. Email, as always, Todd at Todhuffshow.com, Facebook.com slash ToddHuffShow. For those of you who want to watch the program live or on demand, good to be here. Thank you for joining us. And uh, look, I want to talk about... The Rayshard Brooks case today. I want to talk about the Fulton County District Attorney's Office in Georgia. In Atlanta. Well, the, the home of Atlanta. I want to talk about... well, I want to play this. I want you to listen to this. He's been... This officer's been charged with capital murder. Capital murder. I don't know if you've seen... Some, all, most of the video out there. Um, and again, tragic ending to the situation. But for this to be called murder, for this to be called murder, and the way, perhaps even more troubling, and that's oof, the way that this is being presented by the district attorney there should bother every single last American. This is absolutely Unbelievable to me, District Attorney Paul Howard, Fulton County, Atlanta, Georgia. So I want to start with that off the top here this morning. This is something we'll talk about for some time. Yes, black lives matter. Yes, all lives matter. Again, if I'm permitted to say that, this is being misconstrued in ways that I is in, in and of itself, in my estimation, potentially criminal. The way in which District Attorney Howard spoke about Rayshard Brooks, I mean, you would think the description of what happened was that there was a... that Rayshard Brooks was just taking a nap in his car, not bothering anyone in the Wendy's parking lot. Police came up, saw that there was a black man sleeping in his car, started, you know, uh, started a conversation, a dialogue with him. He was peaceful. He was compliant. He was jovial, as the district attorney says, jovial and just, you know, just getting along, having no problem. Police are the ones who made the mistake. They didn't use the word arrested The officer did tell him, I'm going to need to take you in because you've had a little bit too much to drink. Please put your hands behind your back. Apparently, not using the word arrested shows that 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 was, of course, the problem. And, of course, he doesn't talk about the violence that ensued. He doesn't talk about the fight that broke out. He doesn't talk about Rayshard Brooks grabbing the taser of the officer. The officer telling him to get your hands off my taser. That doesn't seem to matter. That part was completely left out. Completely left out. They just made it sound like he took off running, peacefully, of course. And he was shot for running away. This is what we're supposed to believe. And I'm telling you, we're going to play a part of this today. If Atlanta, if Fulton County reelects this guy, he's got a special election coming up. This guy's been in a ton of trouble. This guy, a couple of things. He's been um again he should be given the benefit of the doubt and all this i'm just saying i'm just saying there's a lot of issues going on here number one number one his office was apparently given two hundred and fifty thousand dollars by the city to help in crime prevention and he applied 80 percent of that or approximately 80 percent of that to his own salary which whatever i mean maybe that's seems a little fishy to me but that's just one of the things maybe there was a genuine misunderstanding it just seems i don't know what that would be here use this money for crime prevention okay um the best way to prevent crime is to you know help my personal bank account i guess could be one way of looking at that allegedly all this is allegedly number two he's been accused of um, sexual i don't know what the, if it's misconduct or harassment i believe he's also been accused of taking money from a i believe a nonprofit and he's facing a special election here in a couple of weeks so um he's under pressure of course but if the if Fulton County elects this guy reelects this guy after seeing how he's depicted this this situation Um, the, the, the citizens and the voters of Fulton County, um, they, they deserve what they get as far as someone who is completely in this case, just in this, forget about all the other stuff that I mentioned, just based upon his depiction of what he saw on There's, there's eight cameras. Apparently there's two police cameras, the body cameras, there's two dash cams because there were two officers there. There was uh, the Wendy's surveillance video, which would have, uh, which is no longer useful because the protesters that burned that place destroyed that place. And then there were three, apparently, according to him, which I don't even know what I can believe from this guy, but three video cameras or cell phone cameras um, that were being used by bystanders, by those uh, folks that were you know, nearby when this incident took place. And based upon those, this district attorney said there's enough evidence to charge him with capital murder. You may have also seen last night, in fact, I got a phone call uh, last night saying that uh, someone was listening to, there's a police scanning app, and they were listening to it, and they were listening to officers in Fulton County in Atlanta calling in, basically calling off work, not coming in in protest for how this has been handled. No, uh, no grand jury convened. This was simply something that the DA thought was apparently so compelling, so straightforward and obvious that there was no need, no need for a grand jury to be convened. And so, that's what he did. And he has misconstrued what is on the videotape in ways that again um, should never happen from someone whose job is supposed to be uh, enforcing law equitably now if there 's evidence that we haven 't been privy to, which i don 't know that i 've seen him even reference that, and based upon what he 's told us, his allegation or his i guess you could say his his summary of what is shown on these on the video camera evidence. I don't think I believe this guy. This guy, again, we're, we're dealing with lawlessness. We're dealing with lawlessness, by the way, at all levels of our government. We're dealing with lawlessness in the D.C. swamp. Now, not specifically in this case, but we're looking at people who want to politically benefit from from these events. They want to run campaigns on this. They want to accuse Trump of being a, a Nazi or virtually a KKK leader. They want to... Um, wear the kente cloth which of course is a story about that that i'd like to get to time time permitting as well um, they want to politically benefit from from these stories these tragic stories that end uh, end in death and that's what they are if an officer look i understand i understand that no matter what the circumstance it's a tragic when it ends in in death now when a suspect behaves in a way that gives officers good reason, or in some cases no other choice than to act in uh, with, with the use of you know using deadly force, um, that's still tragic. I mean, look, the, these off. What about from the perspective of the officers? They got to live with this the rest of their lives. They're gonna replay these things. They're gonna ask themselves, "Is there something else I could have done differently?" Of course they will be replaying a different series of events in their mind than the one that's been given to us by D.A. Paul Howard from Fulton County because what he is describing simply did not happen. Did not happen. Describes the scene as Rayshard Brooks just taking a nap in his car peaceably in a Wendy's parking lot. That's, of course, not what happened. He fell asleep in the drive-thru. Fell asleep in the drive-thru, folks. Because he was drunk, presumably. I mean, that's what we came to find out. When the, officer arrived there, the officers arrived, they didn't know precisely what had happened. They were checking, first and foremost, on Rayshard Brooks. Did he have a medical event? What's going on? Are you okay, sir? Wakes him up from his, his sleep, his, his apparent, presumably. It's safe. You talk about something that's safe to assume from the video is that he fell asleep because he had been drunk. Officer, when he opens the door to—of course, he's checking on him first and foremost—smells a strong odor of of alcohol. He eventually conducts a breathalyzer test, which Mr. Brooks did not pass. And so he had to move his car, not because he's just peaceably taking a nap. He was blocking the Wendy's drive-thru. In fact, that's why the officers arrived. Wendy's had to call the police because Wendy's tried to get the guy— Mr. Brooks to, to move his car. And he didn't. Fell back asleep from being presumably intoxicated. Seems like a logical explanation. If you're the if you're the Wendy's, by the way, your Wendy's has been burnt to the ground. That's your involvement in this. You called the police. You called the police on someone that was that was impacting your your business's ability to conduct commerce. You're literally blocking the drive up line just parked there in the middle of the drive up line so that's what happened and of course the way that Paul Howard describes this and we'll play it here next segment but the way he describes this is there's just you know a black man taking a nap in his car peaceably minding his own business in Fulton County Georgia and he's you know he's cooperating he's peaceable He's jovial no you know no violence whatsoever i mean this is an insane depiction of what happened i don't have the uh, i could for those on the pod the podcast audience but for those of you listening on or excuse me those that are watching on youtube or facebook or just on video right now i could i could show you the the part of the video where he's fighting officers for their taser where he's punching officers. They've gone to the ground. He's resisting arrest. He's, I mean, violently attacking officers. And that's what's going on here. Of course, that's not what's described by the attorney or the district attorney, Paul Howard. That's not the picture he's painting at all. In fact, he's painting. It reminds me of, of a hands up, don't shoot. And these things simply did not happen. And by the way, it doesn't matter what, what your behavior was for 41 minutes before you acted violently. That's what Mr. Howard... Mr. Howard acts as though the, the, the violent part of this incident did not happen. He acts as though the only part that matters is the 41 minutes of jovial behavior. Jovial behavior from uh, Rayshard Brooks. Again, he takes the taser from the officer. Taking a taser from an officer, big deal, especially when you turn to use it on the officer. A couple of weeks before, this DA talked about using a taser on an officer, described it as the use of deadly force against an officer. Now that doesn't apparently matter, right? That doesn't matter at all because in today's world, that's a lifetime ago. Something's changed, apparently in the past couple of weeks, in the mind of Paul Howard. Now, I don't know if this is politically motivated. I don't know if he's just pressured. I don't know what the deal is, but his depiction of what happened is absolutely, unequivocally, not the full picture. It's very deceiving. It's very misleading. It's very inaccurate as to painting the full picture. And again, they came to this decision to to charge this officer who's facing the death penalty for this. Think about this. Facing the death penalty for this um, without the assistance of a, even a grand jury. It's so straightforward to his office, apparently. It's crazy stuff. So I want to play part of his press conference yesterday where he announces the charges against uh, against the officer. So we'll play that and talk about that when we get back. But this... this Again, corruption and lawlessness at all levels of government, including county-level DAs, at least in Fulton County, Georgia. Draining, this idea, draining the swamp is not just a D.C. thing. This, we are being lied to. I talk about professional deceivers in the media. We have professional deceivers in positions of governmental authority and power as well. It's obvious, I know. But this is something, I mean, how he how he describes this in, in the way that he does with a straight face, beyond my abilities to understand. So, for someone who's supposed to be a you know a district attorney, someone who's enforcing the law as intended, with with justice in mind, you we know, colorblind, all this stuff. Just what is the right thing to do? What does the law require? Insane. Insane where this is headed. I have a feeling, I mean law enforcement officers around this country, I know many of them are tired of this. They're tired of going in, they're tired of being put under the microscope, they're tired of watching other officers being charged with things that's well outside the realm of reasonable in this particular in this particular case, I'm, you know, but there's there's other situations, right? There's other situations that have erupted. I'm not please don't misunderstand, I'm not lumping in The George Floyd situation here, but there is there's still other troubling things about about that, how violence against police officers has suddenly been, I guess, accepted by some folks. So these are the consequences looting and, and rioting and burning cities to the ground, destroying businesses. That's okay. Suddenly lawlessness is acceptable. Suddenly. Anyway, lots to say about this. But I've got to take a timeout. So when we get back, I want to play this press conference, at least a portion of it. A couple minutes that I want to play of this because it's just, I, I cannot even begin to tell you how inaccurate his depiction of what he saw on video was. So talk about that when we get back. You're listening to conservative, not bitter talk. I am your host, Todd Huff, back in just a minute. Okay, so let's play this. Let's play these sound bites from from the press conference yesterday where District Attorney Fulton County, Georgia, District Attorney Paul Howard announced charges against the officer in this case. So I want you to hear this. We're probably going to stop this in, in parts because there's a lot here. A couple of minutes of this. Um, I wanna play this, so let's get right into this and share what he has to say about this.
1: So in reaching our decision, there were some considerations that we considered important. And uh, one of the things that we noted from our evaluation uh, was that Mr. Brooks on the night of this incident was calm. He was cordial. And really displayed a cooperative nature. Uh, Secondly, even though...
0: Okay. First, he was calm, cordial, and he was cooperative. He was just trying to get along. Folks, you can watch the video. I'm not suggesting that there wasn't a portion or even a large portion of this. But we're not talking about that. This is absolutely insane. This is... Akin to when folks say things like, well, the suspect was just stopped for, and it's some small or trivial sort of thing. He was just – look, I want to pause. I'm not saying there's not examples of where officers have done things that are atrocious and and unacceptable. I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is this is a common, common tactic that's used. You know, you just stopped a guy for X, and he ends up dead. Well, that doesn't paint the whole story. That doesn't tell the whole story. So I go back to Michael Brown. You know, Michael Brown. We're told just walking down the middle of the street in Ferguson, Missouri, an officer sees him walking down the middle of the street, and apparently just decides he's going to uh, engage Michael Brown, and you know, in, in extreme <clears throat> extreme cases, they want you to believe that the officer. Darren Wilson just decided, I'm going to kill this kid walking down the middle of the street. Of course, what they don't tell you is Michael Brown was, shortly before that time, uh, met the description of someone who committed strong-arm robbery in the area. Turns out it was Michael Brown. Actually, he was the one who did this. Uh, Video evidence clearly shows that. So Officer Wilson stops him because, because he met the description of, of someone. They want you to also believe that when when Michael Brown saw the cop, he immediately put his hands up in the air and said, hand, you know, hands up, don't shoot. That's what we're supposed to believe. You know, so Michael Brown was shot just because he was walking down the middle of the street. That's what some folks want to tell you. And they if they want to tell you this, that it's because they want to tremendously misrepresent reality and truth because that's not what happened. Michael Brown charged the officer. Michael Brown was fighting with Officer Wilson in his car, struggling for the gun. Darren Wilson fired the gun from close range because Michael Brown was attacking him. They'll, they'll call Michael Brown an 18-year-old kid. They don't show Michael Brown as a I mean a a big man. I think 300 or close to 300 pounds, attacking Officer Wilson. So they misrepresent these things, and this is being misrepresented. Yes, if you watch the video, Rayshard Brooks was talking with, cooperating with officers for 41 minutes. But that ceases to matter the moment you start resisting and fighting officers. What does this have to do with anything, anything at all? Really, what does it have to do? We're not talking about the forty one minutes and eighteen seconds or whatever it is, where there's a peaceful you know kind of back and forth, and you can see at the end by the way, may I point out to this district attorney that if if he was if there was you know this mood of everybody's fine and we're getting along, the officers were contributing to that too. The officers made up two thirds of those that were in this particular situation and so if everything was going well and if things were going kind of by the book at that point um, the officers certainly should get credit for that as well and why aren't they because that's not of course part of the narrative and what what Paul Howard wants you to believe here but he continues he continues explaining other reasons why they decided to charge capital murder death penalties being on the table here potentially. In this case, he continues.
1: Mr. Brooks was uh, slightly impaired. His demeanor during this incident uh, was almost jovial. Um, Also, we noted that uh, he received many instructions from the Atlanta officers and he was asked many questions. Some of the questions he, he was asked repeatedly But for 41 minutes and 17 seconds, he followed every instruction. He answered the questions. Um, The fourth thing we know.
0: And then after 41 minutes and 17 seconds, he assaulted officers. Why is that not part of this press conference? Why is that not part of this equation? Why does that not matter in these circumstances? Look, we want justice. I don't want. Look, it bothers me when there's a, you know, a a, a modifier or a qualifier before justice, right? I, I just it just bothers me. Justice should stand on its own. I don't need, I don't need social justice. I don't need all these other ways of you know describing things. We just need justice, folks. We need justice, and justice demands that when you're talking about this particular case that you paint the full picture accurately and by the way he said slightly impaired the guy had fallen asleep folks and i know he's dead and i hate to talk like this but he had fallen asleep in a drive-up presumably because he was drunk he had been approached by the wendy's employees sir are you okay? Can you please move your car? We've got customers trying to go through here. rolls over and falls back asleep slightly impaired slightly now, the moment I'm not in law enforcement, but I've talked to people, and I know you know uh, enough about some of these things to to talk intelligently about other things I need to get some feedback on because I don't know, but I do know, and I do understand that if you're in a vehicle with the keys in the ignition. and I mean, you obviously have driven that there. You're obviously under the influence of something. Officers aren't sure when they first get there what's exactly going on. But once arriving at the scene and, and uh, assessing the situation, they realize you're impaired. They smell alcohol. You are, um, you know, the keys are in the ignition. You're clearly operating a vehicle while intoxicated. I don't know, again, DWI... Uh, OWI whatever the the actual charges and that may vary from state to state or there may be technical but but he's he's differences there but he's operating driving a motor vehicle uh, and he's impaired not slightly impaired in fact his legal alcohol limit was over the or his alcohol blood level was over the legal limit but he's slightly slightly impaired This DA makes it sound like when he was doing the field sobriety test that he just barely didn't pass. He had fallen asleep in the drive-up. He didn't know where he was. He missed his location by something like 10 miles. He thought he was 10 miles away from where he actually was. Folks, this is not slightly impaired. I'm not saying that people are not obviously more uh, impaired at times, but he's not slightly impaired impaired. More of this when we get back. Got to take a time out. You're listening to Conservative Not Better Talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff, back in just a minute. Continue playing this uh, this description, this explanation from the DA, Fulton County, Georgia, Paul Howard, yesterday, talking about the reason and the rationale they decided to, uh, to file charges in the Rayshard Brooks. Again, tragic situation. So I, again, I don't like talking about this in such. I mean, we're talking about someone who's, you know, he's his, his dead. He's dead. Uh, but his actions absolutely unequivocally without any question folks played a role in his death i mean the deciding role in his death we wouldn't be talking about this today if when he put his hands behind his back he simply allowed the officers to conduct a lawful arrest by the way so we went from you know a, a check on mr brooks as he was in the line fallen asleep from presumably being drunk in wendy's parking lot or actually in the wendy's drive through line we went through the wellness check it was clear that he was operating a vehicle while intoxicated so he could have you know at that point he was it was completely justifiable for him to be arrested in fact ask yourselves what would have happened what would have happened had the officers simply just let him go? he was being jovial and nice and was just slightly impaired slightly impaired again fallen this is what Mr. Howard says so then they go from that to a scuffle where he does he's resisting arrest he is assaulting officers and he steals steals a weapon of theirs, which by the way, just as easily could have been. Instead of the taser, it could have been his firearm, the firearm of the officer. The suspect would not have known the difference fighting for these weapons. Then, of course, turning and using it on the officer. This is described as a jovial encounter, folks. This DA, it's unbelievable what he's trying to get away with here. But let's listen to more about what he has to say about this incident and why uh, the charges were filed
1: noted is that Mr. Brooks was never informed that he was under arrest for driving under the influence and uh, this is a requirement of the Atlanta Police Department when one is charged with DUI uh, the Atlanta Police Department's own procedures require that that person is informed immediately that they are under arrest and then he was grabbed from the rear Uh, by uh, Officer Roth, who made an attempt to physically restrain him after the 41-minute and 17-second discussion.
0: Just insanity. Literally. Well, if you watch the video, you will see the officer, he tells him, he says, I'm going to have to take you in. You've had too much to drink. Can you put your hands behind your back? And... He begins to comply at first, or at least give the appearance of of complying with the officer's reasonable and lawful request. I mean, if we're going to seriously, if we're going to seriously say, look, because you didn't use the word arrest, you're arrested for DUI, since you didn't specifically say that, even though you said something that was very clearly associated with that. You didn't use the words arrested for DUI. Now, maybe this is a violation. Maybe maybe he needs to be corrected on this. But suddenly we now have a justification for the suspect fighting off police. I mean, it's clearly in the spirit of what's being said here. There's no surprise. Rayshard Brooks is not the least bit surprised in what the officer is telling him. He just decided he didn't want to participate in going to jail. He was going to fight to get out of there. He was going to grab a taser and use it on an officer, you know, and and that's what he decided to do. And we're talking about the officer not using the you know phrase "arrested for DUI." Come on, man. This just what what does this have to do with anything? We're talking about minutiae of this case and it's his fourth point as to his explanation as to why charges of murder have been filed against this officer insane delusional these people have got to be stopped they have to be removed from positions of power this is totally ridiculous absolutely indefensible if there's real evidence here then present it but folks this ain't it And I've got to take a break. You're listening to conservative, not better talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff, back in just a minute. Welcome back. Going through this deranged press conference yesterday, Paul Howard district attorney in Fulton County bringing charges against uh, the officers involved in the death of Rayshard Brooks. The rationale, I mean, it doesn't get any better than what we've heard so far. It's incoherent. It is, it's indefensible. It's a complete fantasy depiction of what transpired on the video. And I'm not suggesting there wasn't a time where Everybody was getting along, but it leaves out the most critically important part of the story. It's insane. Rayshard Brooks attacked officers, resisted arrest, grabbed a taser. What on earth, folks, are we talking about here? This is indefensible. This is injustice is what we're witnessing here. Let's continue listening to this deranged explanation. Yesterday, Paul Howard, D.A., Fulton County, Georgia.
1: We concluded and considered it as uh, one of our important considerations that Mr. Brooks never presented himself as a threat. Um, At the very beginning, he was peacefully sleeping in his car. Uh, After he was awakened by the officer... He was cooperative, and he was directed to move his car to another location. He calmly moved his car. Uh, Mr. Brooks was asked whether or not he had a weapon. Uh, He indicated that he did not. Uh, Without any resistance, he passed his driver's license to the officers, and the officers then asked Mr. Brooks whether or not he would consent to a pat-down or a, a, a body search, and uh, Mr. Brooks allowed them to search him, and the search yielded no weapon. Uh, we found that it was of interest that um, when the officers patted Mr. Brooks down, uh, they noticed there was a bulge in his pants. They did not pull that item out of his pocket. They took Mr. Brooks' word that that bulge uh, represented a number of dollar bills. Uh, but uh, Mr. Brooks never displayed any aggressive behavior behavior during the 70, 41 minutes and 17 seconds.
0: Folks, this is delusional. This is absolutely delusional. You know what this reminds me of? And please do not take it out of context. I'm not comparing uh Brooks um, and, and, you know, what he did, of course, was clearly wrong. Let's let's state that clearly for the record here. But I'm not comparing that to I, – I just, I i I'm wondering how this DA would have described the events leading up to 9-11, right? So I'm not comparing his actions to terrorists that crashed the planes into the building. But it's almost as though what he's doing here, it's like for the, the 19 hijackers, he could say, you know, they complied. They went through security at the airport on 9-11. Some of them may have gotten patted down. They put their arms up. They complied. They talked to the people at the gate. You know, they were friendly and jovial. They were, you know, having casual conversation. Waved at a couple people in line, nodded respectfully to somebody as they went through airport security. They were complying. Of course, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about what happened at the moment when all this began to unravel. Right that's what we're talking about his depiction of this i'm I'm telling you this is this is living in a complete fantasy world this is someone who desires something to be the case that simply is not you can you can draw your own conclusions it's political you can say you know he's trying to save his his, his you know backside in this special election he's trying to divert attention I don't know, but he's a pathetic based upon this absolutely pathetic district attorney and if folks in fulton county georgia reelect this guy they're basically endorsing lawlessness that's what that's what this is folks this is this is a this is a openly intentional misapplication of justice and he doesn't care He's got a narrative. He's got something that he's trying to achieve here. The evidence that I have seen, the videos that I have seen, in no way, shape, manner, or form, you know, uh, jibe with what he's describing here. What does he mean he showed no aggression? He attacked the cops. What on earth? He stole their taser. How is that not relevant? Well, I'm talking about the 41 minutes in 17 seconds, that that didn't happen. But it did happen. And I'll tell you something else. You know, it doesn't matter if he had dollar bills in his pocket. What's he even talking about here? What matters is this. Did the officer have a reasonable belief that he was in danger because Rayshard Brooks was, you know, using a weapon or could have used a weapon um, that, that would have put an officer... In danger. That's the you know that's the question here. Doesn't matter if they were getting along prior to this. It doesn't matter that he moved his car, you know, in the Wendy's parking lot. None of that matters. What matters is what was reasonably going through an officer's mind. Even if the officer was wrong in his assessment, but what was he in danger? Was he threatened by Mister Brooks? legitimately, is that a reasonable thing? That's the question. All this other nonsense doesn't matter, and besides, it's misleading as it stands. But gotta take a time out. Listening to Conservative Not Better Talk, I'm your host, Todd Huff, back in just a minute. Again, this this situation we find ourselves in where people want to fit a particular incident into a narrative for whatever reason, for whatever reason, is absolutely inexcusable. This should be simply a situation where facts of the case are relevant facts of the case are are what we follow to determine. I mean, this, the, why we have to discuss this is it, we should never be at this point, folks. We should never be at this point. But this is where we are. This is where we are. And, of course, there's pressures in Atlanta. But what's going to happen? What's going to happen if this thing goes to trial and this officer – is acquitted then the jury is going to be accused of being racist you know how this stuff how this stuff works but the truth is they're charging someone in this case this officer with a capital murder for reasons that defy common sense the description of what happened completely misleading by this district attorney who's absolutely pathetic in my judgment so Anyway, I've got to go. Hour number one in the books here. Continue discussing uh, all sorts of things in hour number two on YouTube. Join us there. SDG CNFU.